Super Duty Tough Work, Printnificence, my illustrious co-host, Logic. What up? We back with more spine-tingling, swashbuckling adventures mm-hmm. of the most infamous podcast on planet Earth. You know who it is. Super Duty. Your uncle's in there. Unk <laughs> and unk. Uncle Ill is in the building and Uncle Al. You know what I mean? But yeah, we here, man. We missed last week. You know, things was going on, happenings and things, mm-hmm. events uh-huh. and, and things. You know, we do have lives outside of this podcast that yeah. we try to live very vigorously, you know, and uh, sometimes they stop us from recording episodes in a timely manner. Yeah, it was my wife's birthday last weekend. Tilted, I said, happy birthday. We'll do. Yeah, I was doing the husband. You thing. know what I'm saying? Yeah, July is a big month for birthdays. Mm. Mine's the 11th. Mm-hmm. Jason's is this Saturday. Somebody else is a July. I'm trying to think of who else is July. Jason is July. Yeah, this he's is July. He's actually doing a party on the first. I think his birthday is the third or second yeah, or third yeah, or something. So like that. we got some July birthdays coming up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hit me up. Send me a cash app, uh, print nificence. <laughs> I'm lying. I don't cash at me nothing, man. Uh, <laughs> don't do that. That's funny. Don't do that. But yeah, man, you know, some things have been going on. For those of you who've been on the uh Instagram machine, I made a post today. You're gonna hear this later, but we recorded it today. And it was a post, it was a picture of me in front of a big ass semi truck. Yeah. Saying, I bought this today. Wish me luck. And uh man, lots of comments. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of comments, lots of support. And uh, you know, we've talked about this thing on the podcast, touched on it, but we haven't went in too much on the topic lately. Mm-hmm. Other than cats know I've been working. And uh I thought that this would be a good time to talk about why and how I bought this semi-truck. Because I think this is a great uh, story that people should know about kind of the principles that we talk about on here every week. Mm -hmm. Setting goals, being disciplined, and executing your plan. Yeah. One way or another, we talk about those things a lot. And I think this is one that has kind of happened in real time to -hmm. guys like Logic who know me and keep tabs on where I'm at, you know, um, and then it's coming to fruition here, which is why I wanted to share it, you know, on social media, because I want people to kind of know, man, like, yo, you can, you can fall down and still get up. Mm -hmm. You can, you can have setbacks and still get back on track and, and, and turn things around because, um, I'm definitely an example of that. So in this episode, we want to talk about, you know, blueprint buying a semi truck the backstory uh how i how i worked towards it and how i pulled it off and uh you know we'll take a break and uh we'll be right back word we got you stuck off the realness the most infamous you heard of us official podcast murderers the show comes equipped with few points to share grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow so go ahead and download 
every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come closer. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry, but never left their home. You get laced up with bullet points and such, plus empowering topics that they never would touch. You can put your whole network against the team. But Super Duty Tough Works, the MVP, most valuable podcast on MP3, priceless info, but all of it's free, huh. so take these words home and think them through, Super Duty Tough Work is coming at you. You are now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations. No shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. Yes, indeed, folks. We back. Super yeah. duty. Logic. Y'all know how we do. Talking about buying semi trucks. Not really some <laughs> hip hop shit. Right. This is the most non hip hop. It's not. It's not at all. So but it is. But the thing is, like, the concept of it, you know what I'm saying? The idea of it yeah. is, is very hip hop. But yes, yes. The actual, you know, buying yeah. of a semi truck is nowhere yeah. near hip hop. Everything that I learned to, to tool it off is shit I learned from hip hop. You know what I mean? Facts. It's just the same principles, just applied right. to something different. You know what I right. mean? Right. And, uh, you know, Logic, you know, he's he's known about this thing. So he's going to just kind of steer this conversation about just like, you know, the first section, we want to just talk about just like the idea and the goal. And he has questions based around that. And we're just going to flow with it and let y'all understand, like, this first section is about like the origin of it and, and kind of how it popped off. Yeah. So a lot of people know, you know, what I'm saying like this isn't the first time people hearing about, you know, you buying a truck and driving trucks and all that. But take us back to. Really, like when you first got the idea, like I think I'm gonna drive a truck. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. what you know? What I'm saying like because going from you know touring hip hop yep. artist for yep. what twenty years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's not a short period of time. You know no, what I'm saying? No, like, no, no. I had a I real have a twenty year old son. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. I've been doing <laughs> this as long as he's been around. Yeah, that's a long time. So what? Yeah put you in a position where you was like you know what <laughs> them semi trucks look pretty interesting i think yeah. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna look into that man you know it was a bunch of stuff man but it was like here's what's crazy it's, it, it was many things coming together right so mm-hmm. the first the first piece of it was covid mm-hmm. right and so we know how it was like you lost your job for a while and was unemployed during covid you know and if you were an artist which i was a full-time artist I was basically unemployed during COVID. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because um, touring shut down. Venues shut down. The first places they shut down were music venues, right? Yep. Concerts, tours, all of that shit was the first shit they shut down. And so uh, that shit just had me kind of sitting at home like, damn, what the fuck is going to happen? But I still was optimistic as shit because you and I know like there's an ebb and flow in a music career. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it it revolves around your album. You put out an album, shit's cracking for a year or two, shit die off. You go make another album, shit get kind of slow. You drop the mm-hmm. new album, shit start cracking again. It's like a natural roller coaster. So I thought that's what COVID was gonna be. And the crazy thing is, you had an album prepared to drop. You were actually planning a tour. Yes, when COVID when everything hit. shut down. Yes, and December. 
my last show I played was in like November of 2019 in mm. Austin. I played a festival out there. Shout out to my dude, uh, DJ Notion out there. And man, uh, that's the man. Yeah, that's our brother. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, me and Tony, my booking agent, we was, I had finished pretty much the record. I was like, yo, we were we had a tour routing we were working on in November, December for spring of 2020 for me to roll mm. out with my next album. Little did we know that like what was going to happen was going to happen. But basically it was like we went from talking to clubs to when we start calling clubs, nobody would answer. Mm -hmm. No, no, everybody was, no one was there. No one was working. Everything was shut down. And so I was like, okay, this gotta be temporary. Ain't no way this shit gonna really last that long, you know? Mm -hmm. And because I just got off tour in 2018, I had, my money was right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I, I kicked 2018 was one of the most successful tours I ever had. Probably the most successful headlining tour I ever had by far. So I felt like 2020 was definitely going to be my year. Mm -hmm. But then 2020 came, that shit, everything got shut down. And for a while, you know, I was thinking, okay, by the end of 2020, it's going to work. Nope. 2021, it's going to work. Nope. It's, it's 2022, people just started kind of touring in that summer, but there right. still was no club touring. And that's still just now getting back up to, you know what I'm saying? And it's still not what it was. Right. So basically three years. During that time, that was the first thing. COVID kind of took me out the game. You, I couldn't get vinyl because mm -hmm. manufacturing had turnaround times due to them not being to get certain supplies. That shit turned into like two years to get some vinyl back. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, if my number one ways to make money is vinyl and touring, and I can't get vinyl for two years, and I can't tour for the for the foreseeable future, I got some decisions to make. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Because the money, I got some bread, but it's not gonna last that long so i'm like let me right. just so i kept kind of just waiting and seeing and and the crazy thing is you know how it was when covid hit everybody was shut down mm -hmm. but you know where i live in columbus i live like near an industrial belt a lot of factories and warehouses mm -hmm. and as i'm coming in every day all i'm seeing is cdl drivers needed cdl drivers needed cdl i'm like yo I'm looking at CDL drivers. They're just caking up. I'm looking at Indeed and the ads. I'm just like, yo, these fools are eating right now. Mm -hmm. How is it everybody else is shut down and laid off and can't eat and starving and all these and rent moratoriums and the truck drivers out here eating? And I just start making notes. I started seeing it like, them dudes is eating, man. And it's a lot of jobs right near my house. Yeah. So that was the second thing I saw. The third thing that went into it was just like, which follows that is my homeboy JB. My, 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 I went to college, my guy JB. He, he was in corporate America. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? We went to college together. He drives a truck. He left all that shit to drive. And so as, as we going through all these years and I'm seeing everybody struggling during COVID, mm -hmm. I'm seeing my man and you know it's Costa Rica. I'm seeing him overseas. <laughs> I'm seeing him do it. I'm like, yo, what's going on? Everybody's starving, but this man out here, man, his life never been better, man. He just, yo, he's doing it. I was like, man, JB, man, let me. You got some time? Let me come chop it up with you, man. I gotta ask you some questions about this driving thing. Mm -hmm. He buys me to his crib. His crib is nice. Got like five cars in the drive. You know what I mean. They all his. He got pickups. He got, you know what I'm saying? Charges. And, you know what I mean? He got, all, he got everything. Yeah. Meanwhile, everybody in the world is confused and starving. You know what I mean? Can't get tissue with you. 
I'm just like fighting over tissue and paper plates. Right, right. And the world is fighting over tissue in Walmart. My man over there comfortably eating, going on vacations, just <laughs> right, living like a king. I'm like, damn, these drug drives. So I sit down and I'm like, yo, man, you got to break this shit down to me. Like, what made you leave corporate America? What did you see over here to drive? And what is the good? What's the bad? What? And he just, you know, I sat down to talk to him for maybe four or five hours mm. about the whole thing. He sat there and showed me load boards. He showed me everything about just like what he was doing, you know, the rates, how he was making money. And, uh, you know, it was just something where he was like, and he was like, he said, ow, man. He said, what you can do, he's like, you don't have to choose trucking or music. He said, you could come into trucking, learn what you need to learn, and use trucking to help you with your music. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be like just a truck driver because you already got something that's successful. Mm-hmm. So I was like, damn, because that's something that I had in my head. But I still this was in like March 21. Mm-hmm. Now, I still remember I got a degree in computer science. Right. And so I was like, damn, maybe I should go back to I.T. Mm-hmm. So I start checking out books from the library. I'm like, OK, let me keep that conversation in the back of my head in March, because I think I was still supposed to go on a tour that fall. Yeah, you were. And yep. so I was like, I can't just dip to, to driving school because I got this tour that if it goes down and it pops and we could be back back on. So I'm giving I'm just waiting, waiting, waiting on this tour. Mm-hmm. And then something happens. I had this bad week where like, you know, my money wasn't great, but it was a mm-hmm. week where like something happened with to, my house. You had to spend a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Your electrical. Uh, yes. I had yeah, your a, electrical box. You had to get right. that joint replaced. Yes. I had a leak. Of, it rained. And then the, my mm-hmm. electrical box on the outside got submerged in water, which left water on the inside of my electrical box. We could have fucking burnt my damn house down. Yep. And I had to get both of them replaced. And then that, and that was, was some cake. <laughs> <laughs> some cake. I remember we talking yes. to you about that. that then was, my, 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 there was something going on in my car. That was like another like mm-hmm. $1,500. Yeah, you wrote some big checks during that time. Yeah. And then I had like a my lawsuit for this property had started. I was suing somebody about this property. Mm-hmm. Another $1,500. All in all, that was like a 6G, 5G week. Yeah. And I was just like, I didn't have hardly no money left. <laughs> yeah, and I had not, not, nothing in the foreseeable future coming. No big licks coming. Nothing. No tours. Nothing where I could be like, oh yeah, I know. Even if I'm broke now, that big thing is coming up. I didn't have that. And I was like, at the time, I had been studying for three, four months, coding, IT, just kind of get back up into it, the jargon, the, 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 the things that have happened since I've been out of the industry, mm-hmm. and just kind of get my skills sharp and looking at a, a paths in that direction. And then ultimately, like when that shit happened with my crib, I was like, nope, <laughs> I got to go to, I got to start checking out this driving school, man, because mm-hmm. this ain't going to happen. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm looking up and the truck drivers are still eating. They still lighting up my Facebook timeline with all this prosperity. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, man. Let me. I was like, let me just go visit a school. Mm-hmm. And you. And what's wild about this? There's literally a school two miles from my house. The Roadmaster School is like two miles straight down 104 freeway from my house. And I was just like, it's too much fucking. So I. So I wanted to go to another. There was another school called like I think it's like 160 Driving Academy. I was like, that's mm-hmm. a smaller school. I want to go there. So I, I was like, I'm gonna set up a tour, to, a time to talk with them, and then set up another one at Roadmasters. I go to talk to the 160 school. They like, look, it's like what it's August. It's like, hey man, 
it's too many people trying to get in this now. We can't even get you in till February next year. Mm. I was like, damn. It's like, you can do the classroom part, but you can't touch a truck till next year. And I was like, damn. Well, was, then they didn't have no answers on the financial aid parts. So I was like, man, damn. Okay. Maybe I was like, let me just go visit this Roadmaster school anyway. Go over there, man. From the time I visited that school till I got out of there, by the time I got out of there, I was already accepted. Mm. Within 24 hours, they had financial aid set up where I wouldn't have to pay for the school. They had me accepted. They had ran my credit, they had ran my criminal. They had everything like, yo, you good to go, Mr. Shepard. Once I told them I ain't had no, I, you, you drink or smoke? Nope. You ain't got no accidents in five years? Nope. You ain't got no, what? What? Nah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. We can get you in here next month. I was like, work? Yeah, you ain't got to pay nothing. They said, look, and we're going to have this job that's like, you know, because we're connected to this, this, this Werner company. So they're going to pre-hire you. So you ain't got to look for a, school, a job. You basically got a job as soon as you pass your CDL test. I was like, all right, let me do it. So that's what led me to school. Mm. you like, by the time I started school, I didn't have no, I was pretty much out of money. Mm. You know, I'd lasted two and a half, almost three years on the same money. Mm. And uh, I stretched it as long as I could waiting on the industry to come back. And again, so I ended up, I was just like, let me just go to school. And my whole goal was just to go to school so that I could, and everything I researched said, okay, even if you become an owner operator, you need at least one year of experience mm. to be able to get insurance coverage, you know, for most of these places. And, you know, if you're going to, uh, even if you want a better job in trucking, you need a year of experience. So I was like, I'm not missing no money in music. Not mm. no real money. I still get money off music because of the shit that comes in every month, you know, which pays some bills, but it wasn't like like 2018. Yeah, it wasn't no tour money. No, it wasn't no tour money. No, no. No, that's different. That's different. It's different. So it was like, I'm not, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. And I felt like, you know what? I've always wanted to get a trade. And this is my opportunity to not only get something that's like a trade, but is not depending on music so that I'll never be in this position again. Like, as a motherfucker who hustles as hard as I do, when you see yourself getting down to your last money and you feel like you didn't even fuck up, like circumstances beyond your control put -hmm. you there. It pisses you off. And I just got so fucking mad. I was just like, I had like some anger for a while. You know what I mean? So was that what made you like, because I know for anybody that's been doing music for 20 years to have that realization to say, I got to get a fucking job. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, was that something, was that hard for you to like, hell yeah. Deal with. Yeah. It was hard. It, you know, I joked on other episodes saying like it was just like a long ass breakup. It was like a mm-hmm. year long. It, it was literally 2021 was just me and music breaking up mm-hmm. and trying to get back together and seeing each other. Like, hey, you look good. You look good too, man. You want to try it again? <laughs> then a week later, like, nah, this ain't going to work. <laughs> I know why we wasn't working out right now. We need some space. That's mm-hmm. all 21 was. 2021 was. It was tough, man. Because Mostly because it was beyond my control. Right. Because it I wasn't, had, like you said, it wasn't something you did. No, no. To where you couldn't do it. It was right. circumstances around you that was outside of your control. Yeah. Because, like, I know how to make money in music, but when things changed, it was like it fucked up everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, it was very hard. But at the same time, it eventually got to a point where I was like, you know what, man? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a regret if I don't do this right now. Mm-hmm. Because if I sit through this time when, Everything is standing still and everybody's sitting there afraid to make a move like what I made. They're not going to be where I'm at if I just do it now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why don't I just do it now? 
And then I ain't got to worry about it. I'll put in the work now. I'll cry now so I can laugh later. So it's like, I'm just going to driving school. So I went to driving school and uh, that shit was dope. It was dope. I was around a whole different type of people. Just mm. regular blue collar motherfuckers, not artists. And they didn't know who you were. Nobody knew nobody who you were. Nobody still yeah. knows. To this day, nobody knows. Yeah. None of them. And uh, I love it. I love it. Like the first week of class and you know, like me, like I've had this vision in my head since before I went to school. So my first week in class, one of my instructors was, I don't know how we got on a topic. It was like after break or something. She was talking about, it ain't worth it being an owner operator. You better off just stay in a company driver. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I respectfully disagree with you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I had a debate with her the first week of class. Mm -hmm. She been driving 10 years. You know what I'm saying? 10, 15 years. I ain't even drove it. I hadn't even touched the truck yet. I'm sitting there breaking down numbers like, well, really, if you make this number, this number, you make this work, you can really make it work. It just depends on how you, she's like, I don't want to hear that from you. You ain't touched the truck. You know what you're talking about. I'm like, all right, you got it. But then when I got outside, like when we started killing shit on the truck and I kind of noticed I was getting it, one of my, one of my best dudes in class, Zach, he said, he said, Howard, he said, man, he said, where you see yourself in a year from now? He said, man, I, he said, I like how professional you are. You haven't seen, so where, you see, where you see yourself out in a year? I said, in a year from now, I see myself owning my own truck, being an owner-operator. This was the first day we fucking touched the truck. He was like, damn. I was like, that's why I'm here, man. <laughs> I was like, I don't know about y'all. I don't want to be no company driver. I don't envision myself being an employee just because I've had 20 years of this. Mm -hmm. And he was like, hey, I can respect that, man. He said, if we should do some shit together, if, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we get to that point. You know, so that's, that's why I went to school. That's why I, I, I decided to go to school, man. And, uh, you know, it wasn't an easy decision, but I felt it was the best decision simply because like sometimes making no decision is, is, is a bad decision. Yeah, definitely. You know, you can become paralyzed by trying to make the perfect decision. Like, okay. And I felt like if I would have went back to school for programming or, 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 or IT, it would have taken me until uh, that whole next summer before I could even start taking my certifications and start, you know what I'm saying? Mm. At the pace, I didn't like it. I was like, yo, you can drive a truck and you can be making fucking $70,000 like in a month from now. Yeah, that's crazy. And so I was like, so, that's the fastest path, you know? Yeah, so looking back on it, um, let's round this, this one up, but looking back on it, what do you think is the ultimate lesson that you got from just the initial beginning and making that move? Like, what do you think that can glean from that, you know. Man, I think the biggest lesson is is don't don't get so comfortable with what you got that you don't want to risk getting something that might be even better for you, right? Like I heard a story they talk about, like you know, the problem with a closed hand is that you can keep what you got, but the biggest problem is that you can't get nothing in there. No one else can put nothing in there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like when it like my career was like inside my hand, but it was closed. And I was afraid to open it up because I don't want this shit to get away. Mm -hmm. But little did I know that if I opened up my fucking hand and I could have more in there. Someone could mm -hmm. add to it. I could add to it. But, but I think that's the biggest risk. Like if you are sitting there and you have like uh, something that you're. Um, I don't know, like you're not happy with it mm -hmm. and you see it's not going nowhere. Change directions. Like, what do you have to fucking lose? Like, what did I lose doing what I did in the last year? Not a damn thing. You, yeah, you would have lost a lot if you wouldn't have made no moves. <laughs> right. I'll probably not be sitting here. 
house would have got foreclosed on. I wouldn't have had to worry to pay for certain shit. Like I wasn't making no money really. So it's like, I'd have been unhappy. I would have been jaded. So I think the lesson is like, if you're sitting at home and you're thinking like, yo man, this is something that, you know, and, and don't be too cool to change. You know what I mean? Like I never felt like I was thankful that I never presented myself as like this, like super rich, you know what I mean? Rapper who could never have a job or never work or was like, you know, or I'm just a, a regular guy type of rapper. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very relatable. I'm thankful for that because some people feel like their persona in rap stops them from doing what I just did. Facts. And uh, I think that's sad, you know, that they feel that way because I assure you that like the people who listen to you, they can, they can distinguish. Definitely. They all got jobs, but they look like making fun of you for having a job. <laughs> word it's ridiculous man so yeah you wanna take a break yeah let's take a break Uh, we'll be back back okay we'll be right back quick announcement over the years we've frequently been asked by the listeners of our show if we would ever open up our platform to the public for advertising we've always been interested in doing it but in the past we never had the systems in place to make it work properly I'm proud to announce that we are now officially accepting advertising from the public on Super Duty Tough Work. Meaning, if you are a business owner or an artist and would like to create more awareness about your product, service, or release on our platform, we're now in a position to be able to do that. For more information, email us at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net. That's Super Duty Tough Work at Weightless.net. Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you would like to promote, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible about whether it's a good fit and go from there. Thanks for your time. Back to the show. Are you an artist who has the talent to succeed but has a hard time executing? Do you have the will to win? but lack the plan? Are you tired of having great ideas that never come to fruition or starting new projects but never finishing them? If you answered yes to any of these questions, reach out to me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net to book a one-on-one coaching call. Tell me a little bit about who you are, what you're trying to do, and I'll see if I can be of service to you. Have a great day. All right, folks. Part two. This conversation about buying a semi truck. How we got here. How we get here, man. Where are we? (laughs) You know, things happen. What what was that? What was that? That year? You know what I'm saying? Because that you did drive a truck for like a like a year, year and a couple months actually. What was that year like? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What 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 did that do to you and for you and what was that year like? Because I didn't see you at all. You weren't. You were. <laughs> nobody. You did. were barely. You were barely home. Like I. I saw. We did yeah. the podcast. We still did the podcast here and there. But yeah. If y'all noticed during last year, there was a lot of missed weeks. Yeah, you that's a fact. This, that's a fact. Because this man was on the road. You know, getting his <laughs> trucking rolling. You know, like funny thing. Like every time I'm on the highway. Yeah. And I see a fucking semi truck. Yeah, I still it still boggles my fucking mind that you drive a fucking semi truck. Hey, things man. are so fucking big, man. Hey, they are, they are, they are. Even when things I took that huge. picture in front of, it, I was like, "Damn!" My mom was like, "That truck is huge." Like, That's yeah, what Taylor said too. Yeah. yeah, they are. They're very big. I can't believe it myself. Sometimes I look at them trucks like, "Golly, I drive that shit." Yeah, 
it's wild, but it's like once you adjust to it, it's like that was weird driving a fucking car sometimes. Like, yeah, it has to be. I'm sure. Car, like used to this shit. But now the year it was like when I went into trucking, I had one goal. My goal was to look at the 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 plan that I'd seen the guys do it who did it in a year. Like mm-hmm. there were guys I saw, and it wasn't a lot of them. Like in general, like if you become an owner operator less than a year in a year after driving in your CDL, that's the exception. Mm-hmm. Very, very rare. Maybe you probably probably like five percent. Most people drive three, four, five years before they make a move like I just made. And so, but I knew I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go as hard as possible for one fucking year. Because if I go hard as I can for one year, I'll never have to do it again. My biggest fear was going to work my first year, taking it light, Mm -hmm. not being ambitious, you know, passing up things, trying to have a social life. And then at the end of that year, I don't hit the financial markers that I wanted to hit. Mm -hmm. Like I, I went into it with clear financial goals and our financial goals were based around me, number one, getting caught up on all the, the bills I had from time I wasn't making no money rapping. But then number two, to put myself in a position to buy a truck. That was clear. So the year was, it was intense in the sense that like, I lived in a truck. Mm-hmm. Like every dude that I seen online who was an experienced driver, they said, hey, if you get your CDL, all you should do your first year is basically live in that fucking truck. Stay out there, get your money, and, and that first year, if you go hard that first year, you'll never have to do that shit again. And I was like, you know what? I can do that shit. But then as I started getting into it, my dispatcher, I was like, I was literally, we had maybe 25 drivers on my team mm-hmm. uh, when I worked for Werner. And it was like, I was the top solo driver every week. I was I was doing the most miles of guys who were solo. And it's like, you don't, I just didn't give a fuck. Like, I never turned down a load. He'd be, hey, you want this last? Yep. Hey, you want? Yep. Hey, I got this thing going. Yep. Never said no to shit. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you was only home like one day a week. Yeah. That- one day, one and a half. I worked five and a half days a week. I worked mm. Monday through, well, really Sunday night, Sunday evenings. I would drive every Sunday evening, right? Mm. From like four o'clock till 10 to get to another city I was living to the next day. I get to that city around 10, 11, chill, sleep there, wake up around nine in the morning, do my delivery around nine. Okay, come on o'clock. Then I drive until about seven o'clock again, nine o'clock again, sometimes 10, 11. I do the same thing all over again. Be in that night somewhere else. I would pass through Columbus almost every day, but I wouldn't come home every day. I come home every maybe two, three days. I spend maybe one night a week at home. And after a while in the winter, I was like, I ain't even going home because it's too much drama going all the way home. You got to warm up your car just to come back here and warm up the truck and then to leave. I was like, yo, I was just sleeping in the truck even if I was in hot town. I was mm. just staying at motherfucker. Like, I ain't going home. Fuck that. I had <laughs> my laptop with me. I was making beats in the truck. I was like, I don't give a shit. But when you start seeing that you starting to make money mm. and a plan is coming together and you starting to hit your numbers, then I just start going harder. Harder and harder and harder. And so the year, it wasn't necessarily like, it wasn't no hard shit, like hard, hard. Mm. It was more just like, you have to have a goal 
that justifies going as hard as I went for a year. And I knew that at the end of that year, I was going to be in a position to where I wouldn't have to really do that shit again. Yeah. You know? So from the, um, how, so in that year you had two different jobs, right? Yes. Which is like the wildest fucking thing ever. Yeah. So so you went from Warner and you went to another, another spot. Yep. Yep. So after, so after I got to my one year in Warner, I was like, I was like, yo, I looked at my bank account. I was like, yo, my shit is fucking crushing right now. Like, (laughs) I ain't got to keep running like 3,000 miles a week, 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I was like, yo, I think I'm seeing where I'm very close to my goal. I'm like, I'm right. like six months away from, from hitting my financial goal where I wanted to resign anyway. So I'm like, what should I do? I'm like, you know what? I don't want to run like this. I'm starting to get burnt out. It's not sustainable mm-hmm. what I was doing. So I was like, let me just get another job, an easy job. So I signed up for another job. It was like first shift. No weekends, none of that shit. Switched off. I switched over in January and I worked that job from March. No, from February, like middle of February to middle of April. In April, I got fired from that job. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if it was going to bring that we up. We can talk never, about it. Yeah, I got yeah. fired for some bullshit. I ain't going to yeah. lie. Like, <laughs> I can't believe they fired me to this day, man. Like, they, like and they fired me over what they called an unsafe act, but I didn't. I still ain't get no ticket. I got no citation. No goods were harmed. Didn't damage nothing. Didn't nothing. They didn't like how I handled the situation, and uh, they just got me out the paint. Like, sorry, man, we gotta let you go. I was like, what? No warning. No write up. No nothing. Mm. And uh, you know, I talked to my old boss and stuff about it. And he was like, he said, look, man. I can't believe they fired you over that. He said, and honestly, like if you were to tell anybody in the trucking industry that that's why you got fired because you didn't put your safety cones out, your safety triangles out, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some shit happened. He's like, you, they would laugh and they would hire you on the spot because you still got it. <laughs> and he said, matter of fact, if you want to come back over here, you welcome to come back anytime now. Mm-hmm. And so I had a decision to make. This was in April. So I was like, okay, I lost that job. I was sick for like one day. Just, but I wasn't sick about the job because I was like, I knew that I was only going to stay there for six more months. Right. You were just sick because it was just out of the blue. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a competitor, man. I don't like <laughs> looking like I lost. I'm a right. fucking competitive motherfucker, man. Like, nah, man, you're going to be firing me, man. I quit. You're going to be fired. Nah, you, you know. So there's something about that where I was looking at like, damn, am I a failure because they fired me? Like, Especially for a motherfucker who ain't even really had a no jobs like that in the last 20 years. You fire him right. and he was a good employee. Like I was never late. I was always like still no write-ups. I got the cleanest fucking driving record on the planet, but I got fired. Mm. And uh, so I had a decision to make, and it, which is kind of crazy because I knew what the fuck I wanted to do in six months. But when it happened, early, when I got fired, I was like, oh shit, it was jarring. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, because okay. it was outside of your plan. Yes. Yeah, you had a plan, and you getting fired was not part of your plan. <laughs> not at all. Not at not all. Not part of the plan. Not at all. You know what I mean? So like, getting fired in trucking don't really matter as long as you, like, if you got a speeding ticket, like a motherfucker with a job and a speeding ticket, I could get a job way easier than him. Mm-hmm. Even though I got fired, like if he got a, a if he's going to look, like it's guys who got some crazy shit on their fucking sheet. Me. That don't even show up. Like they'll look me up. They'll like, oh yeah, you got fired, but they gotta call the employer to know 
Mm-hmm. Outside of that, if they just look at my driving record, which is all they typically do, they'll be like, yeah, does he work there? Yeah, we verify he worked there, whatever the fuck. And I would tell them, of course, but mm-hmm. I'm still looking good. So I sat around for like a day and like talked to one of my homies and I described it to a couple people. My guy, my guy JB, he, uh, he worked for companies where like guys would get fired for unfair shit all the time on some like seniority type shit. Really, they, people do real snake shit. And he actually helped a couple guys file like civil suits and civil rights suits and shit and got their job back and money back and all this shit. Mm-hmm. And he was like, look, man, if you want to go that route, because I, I think you you really would win. No problem, because mm-hmm. they didn't really give you any opportunity to like, you know, what I'm saying in a way yeah. they did. It, it was wrong. They didn't follow due process at all for that job. You know, what I'm saying it's just kind of fucked up. And I, I, he was like, if you want to go that route, just let me know. And I was thought about it. I was like, you know what, man? I'm going to take this as a sign that it's time for me to move forward. Mm-hmm. And so I got fired on like a Wednesday or Tuesday, Saturday, by Thursday, I was looking at trucks and I was and Saturday. I started looking at the first truck because mm-hmm. I was just like, fuck that. Like, I ain't about to let this shit like get me down if I'm in a position to bust a move now. But like that was a setback because I was not planning on that. But, you know, as they say, all's well, that is well. And maybe when it's all said and done, that won't be a setback, you know, because what I realized the blessing in it was that because I left early and I didn't stay at that job as long, I had a clean rap sheet, which is mm-hmm. unlike most drivers. I had only been driving like 16 months or 15 months or I had my CDL for 16 months. I'd only been driving for 14 months at that point. But when I became an owner operator and filed to get my own authority, one of the first things they ask you is, okay, you got to get your insurance. You start getting insurance quotes. Guys are out there paying double and triple what I'm paying. I got some of the lowest insurance available. Mm. And I, I think it's mainly because I left before my fucking sheet could get all fucked up. Yeah. Because the more you drive, the more likely you're going to get a speed and ticket. You're more likely to pop that away station. You're going to get, you know what I'm saying? Some sort of citation that's going to fuck up your, your insurance. And so, like, even though I didn't have a lot of experience, when insurance agents came back, it was like, nah, your rates is going to be this, that, and that. Are you good? I was like, what? Because I was hearing I would get penalized for not having two years of experience. Mm-hmm. Didn't really happen. Didn't really happen because my rap, my sheet was, was clean. So uh, that thing, leaving that job when I left it versus staying there and risking it every day more and more time, knowing I want to leave it, it might have been the best thing for me, you know? So. Yeah, and and it's good that you were even open enough to recognize that, and yeah. you was in a position, <clears throat> yes, to where you yes. could make that move. Because I think a lot of people they get down because even though you know they got a plan, mm-hmm. when when something negative happens, they yep. get stuck. You know right. what I'm saying? They get stuck and they wallow, and they never give themselves a chance to turn it into something positive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Instead of, um, you know, they they don't see the problem as an opportunity. They just see it as a problem. Facts. You know what I'm saying? And you were able to see that as an opportunity and take advantage of it. Yeah. And that's something that I got from hip hop. Like Mm -hmm. every significant issue I ever had in hip hop, I always tried to use it. Like from me getting sober, I tried to be very public about that because I know that if I sit there and I look at it like a problem, I'll never see the opportunity that I have to help other people right you know to 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 move into a different chapter of my own life by uh, a sober chapter of my own life and inspire others 
And so I was like, there's opportunities in so much of this shit. You know, like even when we got in that accident in that van on the Kingdom Crown tour, and it was like, yo, you should tell this story. This should be yeah. a part of your movie. This shouldn't, you, you shouldn't sit around depressed about this. Share this story. Mm-hmm. And I've always been good in that. And this shit, I just was like, I'm just going to keep doing the same thing. And I never know how this shit going to turn out. I just look at it like my job is just to go through the next door. Right. You go through the next door and then you try to figure out what the fuck is going on. And like you said, because I was prepared, because I had saved so much money from the year before, I got fired. I was just like, so what? Everybody's like, I talked to one of my coworkers from the job. Uh, he called me a couple weeks ago. He just now realized I wasn't still working there. It mm-hmm. took him like two months. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, man, what happened to you, man? Where you been? Like, man, I got fired, Bob. He's like, oh, man, what the fuck? Why did they fire you? Did you hit something? I was like, nah. I told you what He's like, oh, that's some bullshit. He said, man, you should, you should ask for your job back. I was like, I ain't asking for shit back, Jeff. I don't want the job. Yeah. You don't know me, Bob. You don't know yeah, me like that, bro. Exactly. I couldn't tell Bob that. <laughs> you don't know, Bob. Bob don't know that yeah. Al never really wanted a job like that. Like He thought I was going to retire from that job. He tra- mm-hmm. He's who trained me on that job. He was like, yo, this job easy. And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, man. I can, I can see you retiring from here, man. You ain't going to go nowhere. So I was, I, was, I was like, I wouldn't okay. say nothing. Okay. <laughs> like, all right, work. Yeah. yeah, you don't want to tell people who just trained you that you ain't going to be there for eight months. <laughs> right. So I was like, nah, I'm about to just go. As soon as I just go, I'm out, chief. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, that that's uh, that's the unexpected shit that happens. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of shit. Like, I know guys who, like, chill, like my old trainer at my job, like this motherfucker, and his record in terms of driving is just, he only been driving like two years, two and a half mm-hmm. years. So, like, he been dry, he drives so much, 3,500 miles a week, that, like, he's got so much shit on his record. Like, it would be very difficult for him to become an owner operator. Yeah. He's so comfortable in that system. And, like, they not going to fire you for a lot of shit he got going on, but he can't leave. And weird thing about trucking, sometimes when you get some shit on your record, it's hard for you to get hired by another company. So the companies, they don't really care if you get some shit on your record. Because they know they can keep you. You see it? Yeah. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's wild. I peeped that. And I was like, I'm not going to do nothing that risks my shit. I'm going to be squeaky clean so I can get out of here squeaky clean. And uh, I'm just thankful that I pulled that off. And then you know, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna keep his job. I'm just look for another, look for a truck and see if I can become an owner operator. Yeah, and yeah, we can talk about that process yeah. in the next, in yeah. the next part because yeah, you told me about that. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so that'll be part wild. three, part three. So yeah, yeah, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. What's up, everybody? Got some big news to share with you all today. I'm proud to announce that for the first time. I will be opening up my artist coaching and consulting services to the public. I have been doing it for several years behind the scenes, helping artists and small businesses achieve their goals, but it's never been something that I made publicly available nor anything that I promoted until now. So if you're an artist or a small business owner, I'm now available to be booked for one-on-one sessions designed to help you achieve your goals as quickly and as efficiently as possible. If this is something that you're interested in, email me at superdutytoughwork at waitlist.net. Tell me a little bit about yourself and we'll get the ball rolling from there. I look forward to working with you all. Peace. 
This is your weekly reminder that we have two books that you, as a listener or watcher of this podcast, need to absolutely own. The first is The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, and the second is The Social Media Cheat Code. Both of these books were released within the last year. The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists is a book where I go through the stories and explain the traits that uh, are behind the success of some of the biggest names in hip hop today. Um, the book has got nothing but amazing feedback. And if you are an artist, business person, whatever you do, if you would like to be inspired and would like to learn more about hip hop along the way and also see some some reinforcement of the concepts that we talk about on this podcast, the 10 traits of successful hip hop is for you. Second book is the social media cheat code. That is for everyone who listens to this podcast who does not uh, consider themselves an expert or really good at social media. It's not for super experienced people. It's actually for people who are on social media but are not getting the results you need. So what we did is I broke down like 12 or 13 strategies that I use all the time that actually work really well for me. I put it into book. I gave you examples and I tell you how to implement it. That's a book you absolutely need as a listener to this podcast, watcher this podcast. If you're on YouTube, supporting these books actually goes a long way towards supporting the podcast. So uh, to support the show, if you like what we do, obviously we don't necessarily get paid to do this shit. So support the products and services that we create. And these two books are a big part of that. We appreciate your support and uh, back to the show. All right, folks, we are back. Most infamous podcast on planet Earth talking about your boy buying a motherfucking semi truck. Yeah, man. You know, very unexpected move. Very wild move. It's still, <laughs> man, it's still wild to me. Like, it's, I'm telling you, dude, this, this is, this whole thing is just weird. It's, 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 it's just weird. And you know what? Like, the wild shit is me and Groove was talking because uh, when he was at that Beatrice Union show in yeah. uh, PA. And we was both talking like, it's the perfect fucking job for you, dude. Like, because, I mean, a lot of people don't know they was never on tour with us. But when we toured, you was just the driving machine. Like, you wouldn't even yeah. let us drive. Like, yeah. unless you were dead tired. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Unless it got to a point where you were dead, <laughs> dead tired. Yeah. Then somebody else would drive. But other than that, any tour I was on with you, I, I didn't have to worry about driving. You was just behind. <laughs> you was trucking. It's true. It was, yeah. Just cruise control. Yep trucking all over the fucking country so yeah you found you found your calling for sure yeah man yeah for fucking sure yeah that that played a part too i definitely took that into consideration like yo i think i have a natural aptitude to drive maybe mm -hmm. i should versus <laughs> other things i might be good at i like i think i might actually be able to do that professionally yeah like i have experience i've driven like by the time i start trucking dudes and trucking they'd be like yo man i can't i want to drive in nevada i want to be cali man i can't i'm tired of driving out here man i wish i could do the west coast man you've been out the west house i'll be like yeah <laughs> Yo, like everywhere there. they ask they be like oh yeah i've been there be like, how the hell you been out there I mean, you know i traveled a lot man in my previous mm -hmm. things i don't tell them what the fuck i was doing right just i traveled a lot man but yeah buying a truck mm-hmm this is the part everybody been waiting on. How the fuck we buy this fucking truck, man? What the fuck? How do we get here? Man. Okay, so there's two parts of becoming an owner-operator. And the first is just like the paperwork side of it, right? And then the second part of it is like actually having a truck. <laughs> and so the paperwork side, like I haven't worked in like two months. So I've basically been able to every day work on the business side of the trucking thing, which is establishing your authority first you got to 
declare your business, get your EIN, get your DOT number, all of that stuff, get your, 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 your authority set up. Then you got to find somebody to handle your safety and your compliance for you. Then you got to find somebody to like, uh, you know, uh, how are you going to book your loads? You know, uh, that kind of, you need a strategy in that sense. How are you going to run? Where are you going to run at? You know, um, just all kind of thing. Insurance. That's a whole thing. But all of, but thankfully, because I wasn't working, I had all the time in the world to kind of get that part together. And while I was doing that, I started looking at trucks. And when I first started this shit, I thought that that I thought that buying a truck that as long I thought that getting the money to buy the truck would be the, the hard, hard part, part <laughs> of buying a truck. Little did I know. I did not know what I was in for. I thought if you got the money, it's easy. Right. No, it's like buying it's a car. Right, it's I mean? like buying a car. It can't yeah. be that much more. No, it's that much more involved. Like buying a used truck requires some real study. Like you got to know who you are, what kind of equipment you need, what kind of equipment is the best. Like in terms of maintenance, you got to be one of these people who don't fall in love with a truck looking good because you look at a truck, especially if you come in from being from work, a company driver. I was driving around in the 2022 and 2022. That shit felt like driving an SUV. Mm. It was just no, it was like, this is fucking smooth as shit. All crazy ass technology in there. You don't even think you'd be driving a semi truck in that motherfucker, man. Can barely hear the engine on. Mm. And so, but when you do that, it kind of fucks you up about buying an older truck. Mm. So guys get out of leaving. They they stop being company drivers, and their temptation is just buy a fucking new truck or lease a new truck because that's what they know. And it's fucked. It. I was like, nope, because all I was studying the, the YouTubers who had the old trucks that was just getting crazy money because they didn't have no debt. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I started learning about engines. Okay, what are the top three engines on these trucks? Okay, you got Cummins, you got Detroit sixty series. You know what I'm saying? Like these are these are these are joints you gotta know. You gotta know what are the motherfucking you got cat cat 15 you know what i'm saying cat 12 you, you gotta know so i started look, seeing he say okay how do you how do you recognize a fucking uh detroit okay detroit's got the, like the, the grayish green top you know what i'm saying you can see it when you come okay what's up with a, a comments okay that's the red john you know what i'm saying cats like the yellow john like i know this shit on site now i don't even mm. drive in 14 but i know a cat engine when i see it mm. along with that you gotta know okay what what are the common problems for trucks. I want to avoid them mm-hmm. because if I buy the wrong truck, I'm out of business before I'm in business. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fuck what it looked like. What's the, the most reliable engine? Those are the best engines. They're like, okay, what's the biggest thing that all these drivers complain about with their trucks now breaking down? This is all the stuff I'm like looking at studying on YouTube. Oh, emissions, mm-hmm. all this emissions, problem. these trucks with the emissions problems, those things can cost you 10, 15, $20,000, put you out of business and they don't even know what the problem is. So I'm like, okay, when did those start? Okay, those started in 08. Okay, so basically any truck before 008 is don't have that system on it? Yep, okay. So I need a pre-emissions truck. This is the shit that the OGs on, on YouTube is saying. Get you a pre-emissions truck. Get you either Cat, Detroit, Cummins. <laughs> Engine, you know what I mean? And since I got a restriction on my license, I can only drive automatic, I got to get an automatic. Now the problem is, the there's only this a small number of automatic trucks that's pre-emissions there's only like two years 05 to 07 and a majority of trucks was not automatic they just started making automatics then mm-hmm. 
And so uh, my truck, my search was, I knew what I wanted, but you know, I went through so many twists and turns because a lot of people selling trucks are trying to get you. Mm-hmm. A lot of people selling trucks, they don't even care. They're just like, some, I would have people, like I was supposed to go to Detroit one time to look at three trucks. Dudes I talked to on Facebook Marketplace all week. Okay, you got this truck. I want to come look at it Saturday. Okay, cool. What time Saturday? Hey, well, if we can do 11. Okay, cool. Talk to other dude. Hey, I'm looking at another truck in your city, 11. Can I look at yours at 12 on Saturday? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm free. We can do a 12. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, you in Toledo. I'll be leaving Detroit around, you know, one or two o'clock. You want to do like maybe three or four Saturday? Look at truck. Yeah, let's definitely do it. You, so um, so I went, to, I go to Detroit and uh, dog, I get there at like 10 o'clock. Every single one of these dudes stands me up, ghosts me. Looking at their truck. Every single one of them. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, what the fuck is going on here, man? Oh, man, my bad, man. I had to leave town. My bad. I had to work. Oh, man. Nah, just didn't get back with me. So I go home just discouraged. Like other trucks I really liked. I was trying to buy trucks, man. And and dudes would just be telling me it's one thing. I show up. The pictures be looking completely different. Matt Rusty. Dog. Dude had me fucked up one day, man. He sent me some pictures of a truck pre-accident. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yo, this look like a nice truck. Let me show up. Let me stop up there. It's like Washington Courthouse, like 40 miles. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out there and look at it real quick. I got there, man. Like, what happened to this truck? This ain't the same truck. This joint is all fucked up. It got an accident, tore up and everything. I'm like, oh, no wonder the price was all low. Mm. He was trying to sell me that truck hard as shit. I was like, nah, man, I'm cool, man. I can't believe you bamboozled me like this. Have you drive it out here for this shit. You know, but it was, it was all kind of shit like that. Like, you really got to be, and you got to have a process of how you evaluate a truck. So I would just go out. I would, if I liked the truck, it seemed like cool. I'd go look at it first, test drive it, look around, make sure there's no crazy le- leaks on the engine. Just basic stuff I learned, you know. Mm-hmm. Nothing obvious. And then the, the, what I would do if I was interested in purchasing it, I would have what's called a pre-purchase inspection done. And a pre-purchase inspection is where you hire another mechanic, third party, to look at the truck. And what you find when you do the pre-purchase inspections is sometimes some shit come back there that's just like, mm. that happened to me so many times. I had four trucks, five trucks I did pre-purchase inspections on. And so that means that was four trucks I was pretty much ready to buy. And then, like, these fatal flaws would come back during a pre-purchase inspection. Crazy. Like, one truck had, like, a, a rust problem that was so crazy, the floor was about to fall through. Most of Flintstone shit. They had a rat infestation. Because it had these holes and, and animals was just getting in there. I was just like, how the fuck does this happen? Like, it was just wild ass shit you would never think, like, there was a truck, even two weeks ago, there was another truck I was supposed to buy before I found this truck. I was ready to go, but it was like something that was wrong with the truck that they claimed was something small. And a guy who was in charge of selling it, he was a mechanic for like Cummins for the best. So he did this shit all day. And he's like, yeah, I think it's just this. I was like, okay, well, look, if it's just that, from what I've seen, if it's just that, then it'll only cost $80 for the part and one hour of your time to fix. If you're willing to fix it, I'm willing to buy it at X price. Then that, because if you do, because I don't know if I feel comfortable taking a chance if it's not that. Mm-hmm. I asked him this, he's like, nah. He's like, I ain't got no time. I'm busy for the next few months. 
red flag. Red, red flag. I'm like, I'm not buying this truck then. Like, I, I'm cool. But that's, I had to do like five inspections. That shit adds up cost-wise. It didn't cost you anywhere from 200 to fucking $500 to do these inspections. But if you buy the wrong truck, then you're going to be losing tens of thousands of dollars. And so eventually I finally was looking, found something in Cleveland. I was like, yo, this is exactly what I've been looking for. You know what I'm saying? Pre-emissions truck, automatic truck. You know what I mean? I'm like, this is what it is. It's got one of these engines that I need. Okay. Went and looked. I went to go look, and this one had a rebuilt engine. I go to look at it. They can't even get the truck started. But they got another truck that's identical to it that's cheaper that didn't have a rebuilt motor. Mm -hmm. Man, I started looking at the truck that was cheaper and it's better than the one that I was trying to buy. Mm. So I'm like, man, let's just get this other one inspected. Get the other one inspected. This was the first one I had inspected where the mechanic was like, yo, man, outside of this truck not being ran for like six months and needing some PMs, this is a solid truck right here, man. The engine is solid. It sounds good. Blah, blah, blah. There's some shit, but I don't know what they're asking for, man, but hey. <laughs> if you ain't going to buy it, look. <laughs> that, that's how he was talking to me. Right, right. Now, this is a stark contrast from the guy. Like, I had a mechanic call me and just be like, the first thing he said, uh, sir, you don't want to buy this truck. <laughs> <laughs> just answer the phone like, nope. Literally, the first <laughs> sentence he said, sir, you don't want to buy this truck. It's like, word? What's, what's wrong with the truck, man? He's like, let me call you. I'll call you back. I got a couple of these. I'll call you back this afternoon and we can, we can talk about it. He's like, all right, cool. Mm. He did that to me a couple of times. Next week, he's like, you don't want to mess this truck either, man. You can find another truck better than this. Mm. <laughs> this shit would happen. People be like, I don't know, man. Don't do it. You know, so if a mechanic, he can say that I take their word. My policy was never go against what they say. Mm. Never. Yeah, because they're a third party. They ain't got no dog in the fight. They're already getting their money. Yep. They get paid regardless. Right. And they already got paid when they telling me this shit. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so it's like, uh, so eventually I got to this truck and it, and it was just ticking all the boxes. It was like, boom, 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 boom. I'm just like, all right, cool. You know, and the, and the owner of it, and it's the big part, the owner was willing to participate in the process because he knew that I was a first time mm-hmm. owner operator. So like he participated in everything, man. Like, he did shit that saved me thousands. Like he took tires off of one of his old trucks, put them on my truck and rims. That saved me like $4,000. Mm. You know what I mean? He, he bought a starter for it. Even though the starter, what we thought the starter might've been the problem. It was the batteries. Mm. He was like, I bought a brand new starter. It's yours. So I was going to do this yours. $600 on the starter. Mm. You know, things of that nature. Like he walked in the fucking title agency with me just to make sure that it switched over properly. Mm. walked into BMV with me make sure I got my tags and everything right tell me exactly what to say to these people so they don't send you to the wrong place mm. and it just all worked out man like it was one of those things like you know I had the bread and I was trying to give it to other people but they just she wasn't lining up yeah. <laughs> you know so everything worked out with him man I, I bought the truck I paid for it on uh, what's today today is Thursday mm-hmm. Monday yep Monday we had it. We had it inspected last Thursday, and it, the inspection came back. I mean, obviously, some things wrong with it, but it's nothing compared to the shit I was seeing, like the fatal flaws. It's stuff that I can get fixed relatively quickly, and that aren't that bad. And it's like, yeah, let's do it. Got everything together, drove down there Monday, handled all the business, got the title, you know, got everything in my name. Tags are thirteen hundred dollars for trucks. Jesus, 
I thought I thought sixty seventy was bad. <laughs> Bruh. I had no idea. I knew that they was up thirteen hundred just for plates. Bro. They just say that shit to you in the DMV like it ain't nothing to. Yes, okay, it'll be thirteen hundred for <laughs> I mean, I guess they assume you know. You know what I'm saying? Like you, I was offended. She was talking to me so recklessly with such a big number. Like you saying that, like she even said it like it was five dollars. Every thirteen hundred dollars, sir. Like it was five dollars. Wait, wait, wait! This is thirteen hundred dollars right here. There, just for the plates. You know what I mean? Mm. But yeah, it's one of those things, man. And so it's like. I got the truck, man. I feel like I feel like I'm finally back to where the fuck I was in 2019, mm. where like I don't have to get a job. <laughs> right. It's like, yo, you're self-employed again, Al. Like at the moment you become an owner-operator, you're self-employed again, mm. and that's where I felt the most comfortable. Except now, the financial upside of this thing is probably bigger than what i was doing in music well yeah because music is music is based on other people yes this is not based on other people music is based on somebody's taste yes and if they like you or not right this is a service this is a service a need-based industry it's like exactly exactly that's kind of what i always wanted to get i was like i need something where i'm having a conversation i don't know if we talked about it on here but I had this conversation with Sadiq from Rhyme Stairs several, several years ago. Maybe 10 years ago. I don't know if it was 10. It was, before, it was pre-pandemic, so maybe 2019, 2018. And we have a conversation about like the skill set that it takes to be successful as an artist mm-hmm. or run a music label. And I was like, Sadiq, if we sold any other project, product, we'd be multimillionaires. Yep. We'd be considered geniuses. I said, but we're not because we sell a product that's optional. Mm-hmm. We sell a want-based product. Yeah, We don't sell a need. There ain't no need to transport, you know what I'm saying, blueprint across the country. He can tour if he want to. People might come out, but they don't need my music like they need toilet tissue. Right. And I was like, if we were selling a different product, I was like, and... We're selling a product where everybody's in a race to the bottom to lower its price. Mm-hmm. We don't went from, you know, twenty dollars a, a a fucking CD to to twenty five dollars a vinyl to free MP3s to to, to MP3s with ten dollars MP3s down to streaming nothing. Mm-hmm. Many people experience music for free, and they're fine with that, and that's part of the musical economy. I was like, but if we were selling any other product. We will be considered geniuses. And I was like, the main problem with us is that we selling the wrong fucking product if we want to get that kind of money. Right. And we're going to always be slept on because we sell this product that's damn near impossible to sell, but we still successful at it. Mm-hmm. We go to any other industry. I said, man, we can fucking crush any other industry. Always had this theory. Mm-hmm. And so in my head, I'm like, how can I get in something else that ain't this? It ain't got to be my whole thing. I just want to test this theory out. Can we be successful at something else based on all these talents and skills that we built doing this? I believe I can. You know? And this whole thing is kind of showing me that. Like, Mm. you can do something else. It don't have to be in that lane. It's just certain things about music I've never liked, but now I get to kind of add something else to that Mm. to balance that out. Like, my music career is actually, I'm going to have more time to do shit now. 
more incentive to put out music now because I ain't putting all that pressure on music right now, you know? Yeah. Let me, let me ask you this last thing. Um, what do you think that you learned from music that helped you in this entire process? Like what, what principles, what formulas, you know, Man, per se, a transferred lot. into this process? Like I'd say uh, dealing with people, mm. like knowing how to talk to people and just be like a regular person. I know it sounds weird, but like being a person like everybody fucks with. When you work like around the kind of shit we do in trucking, it's just like such a regular person job. Mm. Like it's just regular people. It ain't people who are like, like it doesn't have the corporate feel to it. What we learn in music just by working the merch table every night, right? Just by sitting there and talking to our fans and being the kind of artists we are, it gives me a huge advantage at this. I know how to call people and talk to them on the phone. I know how to meet people in person and make a good impression. I know how to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't be making enemies like that. It's like, I know how to meet people and immediately find common ground. Music has taught me that. You know, another thing I say I've, I've learned from this shit is just like how to operate at a low cost. Mm. What we see, we know, we all know people who they want to start a business they want to do this, but the first thing they start doing is spending a lot of money and writing a bunch of fucking checks for a bunch of equipment that they didn't fucking need. Music don't never come out. If that's what you do in music, what the fuck you going to do in trucking? It's going to be 10 times worse. You ain't going to last six months in this shit because the bills are so much higher. What you going to do in real estate? If you don't know how to manage a checkbook and you just into just like taking the most expensive route Every time, just because it looks cool, you can't run any other business like that. And so in trucking, it's easy for me to say, yeah, my truck is a fucking 2006. But man, that motherfucker got a great engine in it. It looks good. It sounds good. It's in great condition. I don't have a problem driving it Mm -hmm. because I know that it checks all the other technical boxes that's going to equal me making money without spending a lot of money. Versus the guy who's got this fucking $1,500 a week uh, payment on his truck. Mm. I'm not going to have no, my, my truck is paid with cash. I don't have no payments on it. And so that's something I got from touring. We would tour very lean. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, you bought a freaking 15 passenger van for God's sake. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like soon as I Same could, concept. Same yeah. concept. I was like, okay, how can I make this mission? I'm going to just buy a van. You know, mm-hmm. buy the 15 passenger van. We toured it, did all kind of tours in that motherfucker, man. But it, that's how we did it. We were able to save money because we did it so efficiently. Mm-hmm. And so we could go out there with just me, you, and fucking uh, groove and shit and, and everybody be comfortable. And it wasn't this crazy thing. And we go out there, me, Groove, and Bob, and everybody had to sleep in a row in a truck and in a, in a van and shit because it was just space. Mm-hmm. But we figured out how this formula, how to do things and still make money without spending a lot of money. That has helped me tremendously in this shit. Like, and then I, I listen the same way I listen to like, you know, the guys who are touring, how like Slug, you know, kind of mm-hmm. taught me how to tour. I have people in trucking that i lean on for information mm-hmm. who i can call to you know, what do you think about this what do you think about that and bounce ideas off of them like like 
even just like how I'm going to be driving, I'm not going to be leaving Ohio. My, my authority for driving is just strictly in the state of Ohio. Mm-hmm. And that's been in my head since before I went to driving school. Like, I think I can do that and make good money without leaving the state. And I bounced that off of my guy, like, like mm-hmm. JB, like, hey, man, what do you think about this? You know, what do you think? And he's like, no, I think that's very doable. I think that's actually, it's good that you have such a specific plan because you'll be able to execute it versus people who just run around burning mm-hmm. up gas, buying a newest, latest, greatest truck. And then when it's good, when the rates are up, when the rates are low, they starve. Mm-hmm. So they still got to pay for that truck. Hello. Can't take no time off because they got that payment. You know, you take a week off of driving, you owe somebody a thousand dollars instead of chilling. Mm-hmm. I ain't gonna have that problem. You know, just because I'm trying to do it the right way up front and I don't know how it's going to play out, but I'm going to do my best. And, uh, I, I think that I can make this thing work, especially now that I've got to this point, which is like, once you get a truck, it's real, man. You in the game. Yeah. I mean, at this point it's, it's put up or shut up. Now you got the truck. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. you just paid $1,300 for tags, bro. Like, yeah. <laughs> don't send it back. I can't, no refunds, no refunds yeah. on them tags, man. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, the bills is real. You know what I mean? Shit, I dropped. Right after I played the fucking tags, I spent $900 on tires. Same day. Like, right? Same time. Like, okay. You know, but it's part of it. This is why I went so hard the first year driving. Yeah, so you could drop that money. Yes. Because, yeah. like, if you can't do that, you can't play this game. You can't get in the game. And so it really starts long before I got to buying a truck. It started when I decided to go a whole year and be lean and pack my lunch and do meal prep. You know, people will see the meal prep things I post on fucking Instagram sometime, meal prep gang, just me making a bunch. Mm-hmm. That's why I can buy the, the $1,300 plates now because I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't spending no fast food. No, I wasn't spending on fast food. Yeah. I was making my own meals for a year. I was sacrificing, mm-hmm. man. And, uh, you know, some, I had to do it, but that's this is where I wanted to get. I knew that it was possible. It's just a new realm for me. And I was like, let me just go and do this shit because I believe I can pull this off. So, you know, uh, I hope that this kind of explains why I did it, what's behind it. You know, I know we got a lot of artists that listen to us and mm-hmm. this ain't necessarily a, a hip hop thing. This ain't necessarily an artist thing, but it, it actually is. If you really peep what just happened, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is really it is about art. Yeah. I mean, it's about just being determined, having goals, having plans, executing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And also understanding when to be flexible, when to move. When not to move. Yes. You know what I mean? If you follow the signs, you know what I'm saying? Like if you really, if you really have a plan and you're really putting yourself in position to execute the plan. Yeah. Sometimes the door open a little earlier than it's, you know, than you had planned on it. Sometimes it might be a little later. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. But you have to be able to recognize when it's time to make that shift, when it's time to, you know, yeah. flex those muscles you've been building up for however long you've been, you know, banging your head against the wall. So, I mean, yeah. I think it's a lot of dope principles, you know yeah. what I'm saying, in in the whole story of, you know, yeah. how you got here. Yeah, and something I want to add to it, too, is, like, there's a principle I believe in when it comes to, like, the shit we do and that we're interested in. And it's just about, it's like, you have people who are choosing things that they want to do, right? You say, oh, I want to become this. I want to do that. I want to achieve that. That's only, they think that that's all it takes to do it. I'm a firm believer that that thing has to choose you back. Mm. And the way that it chooses you back is by doors constantly being open for you that you didn't even think could be open 
because it just seemed like it would be much harder than that. Facts. That's just what that's what it looks like when you're being chosen by something. Mm-hmm. And I look back at like when I decided to become an artist full time, everything was lining up. Yeah. Like you were doing music full time before me. RJ was doing music full time before me. We had met the Rhyme Sayers guys. Everything was happening. And then I had this year at work where I was just saving money because I wanted to quit anyway. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that soul position took off and then I had a reason to quit. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was choosing me. Mm-hmm. People, you have to understand as artists that there's, you got to be able to recognize when you're being chosen by something. Yeah. Roll with it. And like, when you're not. And when you're not. Because sometimes you ain't being chosen by it. Mm. And you're going to beat your head on a wall and, and you're going to ruin everything trying to force something that ain't there. You might have a talent or a skill as something completely different that you're ignoring. Mm-hmm. Trying to be chosen by some shit that ain't even interested in you. Yeah. That's why it's, it's so hard. That's why it's so hard. It's not yeah. for you. It's not for you. If it's meant for you, you're going to be cruising through these fucking doors. You look at people sometimes like, man, how do they just get that far that quickly? Mm-hmm. It chose them. Like I looked at like everything involved in this, this driving shit. I feel like it just chose me, honestly. Like I was, I put myself, I said, okay, man, let me go look at this, this school. I didn't know I was going to walk into that school. And before I left that school, they was going to have me signed up and ready to go. And the, the money thing was going to be figured out within 24 hours. Mm-hmm. I feel like, yo, this is, this, I thought it was going to be way harder than this. Mm-hmm. Wasn't you go to school. You're like, okay. I didn't know I was going to even be able to get up at 730 every day to be over here driving with you motherfuckers and studying this shit. Okay, cool. Get my permit. That wasn't that hard. Go to school. Shit. Pass my CDL test on the first time. Okay. Mm. Oh, you got a job waiting on you. Oh, this is what I'm talking about. Being choked. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. All, I didn't have to search for a job. I didn't have to search for a school. It was right down the street. Like, it was like <laughs> literally three miles from my house the trucking school is. You see what I'm saying? Like certain, it just, at every turn, it was kind of choosing me. I started training, I started training the guy I trained with. They had an opening at the count he was on. And I was like, yo, this is not hard work. We just delivering doors every day. This ain't hard. All my friends wanted to go to different accounts where they had to work these crazy hours starting Mm -hmm. 1 a.m. in the morning to 1 p.m. in the afternoon. I was like, I ain't doing that. Less money over here, but I'm going to go over here. Got over there immediately was like cracking within two weeks i was just getting all kind of assignments just taking the longest trips making just as much money as the dudes who was on there forever more than them because i was driving more than them and so it's like at certain points you just got to listen because something might be choosing you you might be ignoring it you might have a natural gift or talent that that is is telling you to come on over here you're we, we want you'll be successful at that but you force it over here not knowing that if you go with the thing that's choosing you you can always go back and do the other thing. Yeah. Because your whole life will be made easier by just following your natural talent and gift or, or, or the shit choosing you. You won't have to fight like that, you know? Yeah. That's like a metaphysical thing, but I think it's real, you know? It definitely is, man. I think it is. You know? Just think of it in terms of dating if that analogy ruins you, you know, fucks with y'all at home, you know? Fuck with the girl who chooses you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. <laughs> Women be choosing. You just got to see the signs. You know what I mean? You ain't that charming. She chose you. (laughs) Facts. You know what I mean? Brothers out. No, it's me. I'm the man. I'm trying. It's easy because she chose you, bro. (laughs) 
that's where <laughs> yeah man so that's it is it yeah that's it yeah, yeah man so you know I, I hope that y'all got something out of this man it's a it's a wild story i just shared a lot of shit going on and uh you know i appreciate everybody's support and uh i feel better just knowing that i'm going down this path and like it's ultimately leading me back like the last month and a half all i've been doing is music you know yeah anybody listen to my instagram stories you know, 11 o'clock at night i've been posting random beats and shit on my stories <laughs> feels good yeah you know so i'm looking forward to kind of getting back on that path and, and the challenge that i have ahead is just you know get my truck dot ready and start getting to, getting to work getting some business and uh going down that path and getting back to the music getting back to who i am as a as a, as a person and creative and i'm glad that we got this platform to talk about this I, I hope that there's somebody out there that you know you might have a talent or a gift and you might be uh not wanting to do it just because you might think it's old or played out or not a challenge to you but if it's not a challenge and you're really good at it then that's actually a good thing yeah you you, you want those paths you know uh, trying to tell you something so that's it man for this week man i hope y'all got something out of this and uh, we'll see y'all next week work peace peace thank you for listening to super duty tough work Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex that nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. Huh?